All right, welcome back to the second listen, episode six. Uh, uh, this is the podcast where we uh, each pick albums and dissect them song by song and uh, overall album as a whole. And uh, I'm here with Colin and uh, Trevor. How are you guys doing today? Colin is doing good. Yeah, I'm good as well. Just <laughs> did sound like in that frantic voice. <laughs> just, just, just to uh, cut Trevor some slack here. He's been setting up cables and mics for a while, so he's fully allowed to be uh, disappointed during the recording of this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm uh, today's a good day. Yeah, feeling good. Excited to talk about these albums we got coming up. All right. Well, uh, this week we got my pick, my second pick. Uh, my first pick was always. This pick is the national. Wait, isn't this your third pick? No, this is my second. You're forgetting the forgotten episode, which was lost to the annals of time. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess maybe I'm just tripping, but okay, yeah, let's do it. Uh, anyways, yeah, this is uh, the Nationals, the band, and uh, their album Boxer. A uh, brief little backstory on the band: they're originally from Cincinnati, and uh, Matt and Matt. Berger, Berninger, who's the uh, lead vocalist, was uh, in bands together with um, Brian uh, Davendorf, the drummer, and they actually met in college in like a, uh, a computer science class or a programming class or something like that, and they started a band called Nancy, which... Uh, it's a terrible band name. Yeah, it is a it is a bad band name, and maybe that's why it uh, only lasted one album. And then they decided to uh, move to Brooklyn, and I guess there were the three other members of the National: uh, Aaron Dessner, Bryce Dessner, and uh, Brian, or sorry, Scott Davendorf. They were childhood friends who were all in, all in bands together. Uh, all growing up, and they eventually broke up their latest band and decided to join Matt Berninger and uh, Brian De- Devendorf. <laughs> and as you can see, the connection there by the last names, Scott and Brian are brothers, Bryce and Aaron are actually twin brothers. So it kind of brought a whole little family band dynamic together with uh, Matt being on the outside as the vocalist. Yeah, that's weird. Especially because, like, one pair of bands is the guitarist, or one pair of brothers is the guitarist, and the other yeah. pair is the rhythm section. It's, it's really weird. Yeah. And I think, like, I, I, like I know them. I've, I've got into a bunch of their interviews and stuff like that, and they seem like very, like, their best friends outside of music sort of thing, and they're, like, one kind of giant big family, so... Yeah, and it kind of shows in their music too, which we'll get into in a bit. The band, uh, the National, you mean, are kind of like a family unit together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I got that sense from some of the stuff I read. And it sounds like this album, particularly, they had uh, there was, you know, it was a it sounded like it was a bit of a struggle coming together. And there's actually a documentary film that I'm now completely blanking on the name that uh, goes over the recording of this album and uh, another EP. 
Yeah, I wish I knew about that until I, I didn't find out about it until later. So I did not get a chance to check it out. Yeah, I know. Did same call here. In or did you know about that? The, no, I did see that there's a documentary that went along with it. But, uh, I, you know, I figured if someone was going to watch it, it would probably be the person that was bringing me out <laughs> yeah. the podcast. So that yeah. was not part of my preparation. For the listeners out there, though, if, if you listen to this and you want to know more, then, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a fel- feature film. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, they, uh, so this is, like I said, this is their fourth album and, and they, the first couple albums, they didn't really gain too much traction until they kind of, until they released Alligator, which is the third album. Uh, but this album is definitely the one that kind of set off their careers and kind of why I chose it. And it's on, it's personally just my favorite album by them. And I think it's the easiest, if you were to get into the national, it's probably the right choice to start with just to uh, get into them. What do you guys think though? Go ahead, Trevor. Um, well, I haven't, this is the first, this is the first true introduction to the national I've had. Um, so Miles, I know you've mentioned them to me before and my partner's mentioned them several times. And uh, I've like, I think I've listened to songs here and there, but just like never. You just dismissed us. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, probably trash. No. Uh, Wait, I tell you to listen so many times and then Miles tells you once and you listen? Yeah. But yeah, anyways. Um, so I can't really speak to their other albums. I know that from what I read, Alligator was, you know, really well received, like you said, and it was, you know, both critically and, uh, I guess, by people that listen, not just critics. <laughs> <laughs> fan love. Yeah, fan love and critic love. Yeah. Yeah, I'm um, not, like, Miles is definitely way more familiar with The National than I am. I I heard Mistaken for Strangers, which is on this album, actually, uh probably five or six years ago like well after it came out but that's when it first came to my attention and uh like i I thought it was really cool and then i checked out the album and i was not into that kind of music at this time and i was disappointed when fake empire like was starting with piano and not guitars because that's what i was into back then uh but uh since now rediscovering them i've i've found that i'm i've enjoy quite a few of their albums although i haven't i don't think i ever listened to the first couple or um i haven't really dug too deep into the last one I, either. I, yeah i do not like the first one really i think it's kind of boring uh anyways we could anyways this band's got a ton of history we could we could get into it all i think a couple of noteworthy things are they've been nominated for a bunch of grammys i think they've won one grammy for best alternative or something like that album or something and I know Aaron Dessner is also uh, writing with Taylor Swift now, so it's... Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah actually. So there's definitely some merit yeah. to uh, his credentials. I think Taylor Swift yeah. and The National did a tour together, actually. Okay, that might be... I, really? I believe, yeah. I, 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 I remember Patricia mentioning that. That is odd. Um, vaguely. Right. Hopefully I'm not just, like, making that up right now. <laughs> I hope you are. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's get right into it, eh? Yeah, song one, Fake Empire. Uh, I just think this is a beautiful way to start the album with the uh, piano coming in. And you're going to find out throughout, I'm going to talk about Matt Berninger as a lyricist a ton because he's crazy, cool, uh Sometimes his lyrics are pretty ambiguous and you don't know what he's referring to, but I think in this song it's kind of about like uh, 
just like a couple making the best of things and trying to pretend like or telling themselves and doing things the best they can underneath the fact that there's struggle in life and and, and not to think about it some lyrics are like we're half awake in a fake empire and uh Turn the light out, say goodnight, no thinking for a little while. Let's not try to figure out everything at once. So it kind of shows the juxtaposition of trying to enjoy life to the best of their ability while going through struggle. That's what I took out of it. What about you guys? Yeah, I like lyrically as a whole, he's a interesting guy. There, um, this song isn't um, an example of my main lyrical takeaways from him so i'll probably hold off on making those comments until they become relevant but uh i I just like there's a line in the song about like putting something in the lemonade and walking out on the town there's like all these really imaginative situations like that where like you can tell these like these are very personal like i doubt that's something he's just writing down it's like it's definitely based on an experience that he's had it seems like he leaves kind of a lot of himself on the paper yeah, it's interesting. I think the f- first time I listened to this album and this song, the lyrics didn't really connect with me. And <laughs> it's kind of a funny story. I came home last night and I sat down and thought I'd do a little bit more you know, last minute listening. And I listened to this song and for the first time, the lyrics really resonated with me. And it was sort of similar to what Miles was saying but I was applying it to my own life currently or like thinking about it with respect to my own life. And I just got a new job and I have financial stability for the first time in a long time. And I think in my own way, I was kind of building up this fake empire of, oh, I'm doing really well. But in reality, um, there's still like life still happens. Like there's still, I still have debt to pay off. There's still other problems in my life. So yeah, it's sort of like, um, the way I took it is like, as people, we like to build up this fake empire, like we're uh, the king of it, but life, there's ups and downs. And sure, I have a better job with more stability, but but in the grand scheme of things, that's nothing. Um, so yeah, anyways, long story short, uh, I do really like this song. It took a little while for it to uh, resonate with me, but... Yeah, the lyrics are really impactful and it's a beautiful song. And actually this album in general took me took me some time to really uh I guess to really grow on me. But music is really context dependent and uh I'm not going to throw this on to get amped up, but no. Um I do think it's interesting that the like so the the piano bit is just um it's just a three over four or four over three polyrhythm. It's kind of a weird. It's it's it almost sounds like a exercise that you would do in like an early theory class or something that where you're trying to learn polyrhythms. It's funny that that's the basis of the song. This drummer is really weird. He plays very strangely, like all these offbeat snare hits and and things like that. And um, Sometimes I find they don't work. I think he really drives the song here and and a few other times throughout the album and, and it works for me. Uh, and then yeah, those horns come in. It's pretty pretty epic horn outro. I do like horns and rock in uh, some places. I was gonna say I'm very particular about my the horns I like in rock. I think this album and this song, like the orchestration on it, is absolutely beautiful like yeah and oh, I, th- I should i should also mention that uh kyle resnick uh 
at tours with them playing trumpet and so does Ben Lands with the trombone. I don't know if they actually recorded on the album, but I do know that they toured with them from this album onwards. So I'm, I'm assuming they probably did. Well, and I'm, I'm wondering if it's um, whichever one of the Desner brothers it is that's like now working with Taylor Swift. I'm wondering if he was kind of in charge of creating these horn parts and the st- like there's strings throughout this album as well. And I'm, I'm yeah. without yeah. knowing too much, my guess would be that he's responsible for, for those, but yeah, probably because I know, I know in this album, I think they're all credited for writing the album together, but I know in future albums, Aaron Dester and Matt do a lot. I, from what I remember from looking at the songwriting credits, it was most of the songs were Matt Berninger is on every song because he's lyric. <laughs> And then uh, it was usually one of the Desners or one or the other. And then there was only a couple songs at the end where I think there was one song where the bassist got writing credits. Oh, okay. And, and, and that actually struck me because I, I find that the drummer is pretty key to driving a lot of these songs. Yeah. And like, they're so bare without him that I'm surprised he wouldn't get writing credits for like fleshing them out and making them. Yeah, I find the drums often have a very energetic and upbeat feel to like very mellow vocals and music behind it. So I think it does create a cool juxtaposition. And this is something I experienced throughout the album. Like mm-hmm. the drums are usually like pretty, uh, they're like going, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then the music's like this really beautifully arranged where like everything's doing this little, has its little place to play. And I don't know, it is a bit weird. I think for the most part it works and it's sort of part of their sound. I think we can probably move on, yeah? I do. I, by the way, I, did, I didn't hear a single symbol hit in Fake Empire. I thought that was interesting. There might be some, and I just missed them. But like, it's kind of weird that the like the drummer is driving the song, and then he's not even hitting the symbol. It's just such a weird style. Uh, also, that was the third single on the album, um, and and to my understanding, it's it's one of the most like well known and beloved songs by their fans. I don't particularly hold it in that high regard, but I think it's a good intro song. All right, song number two, Mistaken for Strangers. This was also another single. Was this her first single? Yeah, first single. Yeah. Uh, this is a cool a cool song. I like his like monotone delivery. It's kind of like reminds me of Interpol, which is also a New York band, kind of around the same time as them. So I don't I, I wonder if there's a little bit of influence either one way or the other. There is a connection to Interpol through the uh, producer. That's Peter Karras, I think is his name, that produced this album, and he produced Turn on the Bright Lights, Interpol's first album, and their second album as well. That's right, and I know with this album, it was recorded in a variety of different places, because I guess they had quite a struggle writing it, and hence the documentary that we mentioned earlier goes over that whole process. But uh, So some of it was actually recorded at, I think, Bryce Desner's home studio, and I think Peter Karras mixed it and did the rest of the recording at a formal studio, which I'm completely blanking on the name right now. Back to Peter Karras. A couple other bands he's produced that I'm a fan of are Paws, Tokyo Police Club, uh, Frightened Rabbits, and Kurt Vile. And uh, he did something newer by Death Cab. I gotta shout that out too. Even though I don't like new Death Cab, gotta shout that out. Uh, Yeah, I guess my thoughts on the song are that I had the exact same reaction. I was like, how is this not? Interpol. It's just so like it's got this like really weird gritty guitar work the whole time, and and uh, the vocal delivery from Matt Berninger is very very Paul Banks of Interpol, which is very very Joy Division if you want to trace that lineage backwards. Uh, the chorus hits hard. 
Like it, it's it's got like a bit of a drop to it almost when the bass comes in low and it's it's a really cool chorus. Uh, lyrically, I just love the line, "You wouldn't want an angel watching over you." Surprise, surprise, they wouldn't want to watch. That's just I, I love that line. Uh, yeah, drums are really interesting again, and he's kind of just doing this weird offbeat snare stuff and driving the song, and it works again. You like the song, Trev? I do like this song, and uh, I just wanted to note that I think the mixing and stereo image on this, in regards to this song specifically, I really like the pre-chorus, and I really like the, I don't, I guess it's a, a second guitar line at the beginning that's just like really distorted uh, in the same way that the that the main riff, guitar riff is, and it's just sort of playing these sustained notes. The National definitely has this style that kind of reminds me of Pinback where they just kind of like add layers one on top of each other. Um, this occurs throughout the album, but I really like the way this song builds up specifically. Yeah, they get much, much more grand than than pin back sure. though i would say like yeah there's sure, there's yeah, yeah. And it's a different They're different like orchestra yeah, yeah yeah stylistically different but when you're like that's a word by the way i think i just made that up <laughs> orchestraic oh yeah i don't think that sounds weird, good but, though but yeah it, it could it could pass but yeah i mean like as a songwriting technique i think there's like definitely some similarity there well have either of you guys ever been mistaken for strangers by your own friends i don't think i have I don't think so. <laughs> I think you definitely have. Well, I have a friend that looks like me and I get mistaken for him, but that's a bit different than because then it's not by my own friends. I think the song is talking about something <laughs> different anyway. So. Wait, what is the song talking about? I think about? it's talking about like uh, just somebody who's like kind of changing away from who they used to be and kind of living sort of like a dirty double life and yeah uh, i got i got like kind of like 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 an alter ego kind of vibe out of it yeah oh like your friends see you and you seem so different that you're like stranger yeah just like through growing up and stuff because there's another line that says another uninnocent elegant fall into the unmagnificent lives of adults like he's 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 just like like uh I, i find that he like it's it's near poetry almost like yeah i think his stuff a lot of it could stand up as poetry and it's it's it uh what surprises me the most is that it it never sounds like he's not like rushing a bunch of syllables in like he finds melodies that suit the music and his words and that's a pretty rare combination I yeah think. he did marry an american author karen besser who i know helps write him or who helps contribute writing to the national in, in later albums i don't know if they were married at this point but yeah i think how, marrying an author Kind of helps too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go on to Brainy, which is uh, my favorite song. It's interesting. I know we were just talking about this on the last song, "Mistaken for Strangers," but I actually got a little bit more of a new wave vibe on this one than the one previous to it, and uh, it's definitely a style that's recreated throughout the album. Specifically, it reminds me of New Order. Again, it's just like really weird offbeat snares and it works again. And if you see this guy live too, he's literally like a robot. He's always chewing a piece of gum and he's like... Probably just like at a different tempo too. Yeah, he looks like the coolest dude though. He's at a different tempo. I don't know, like, uh, I this is also my favorite song, so I kind of want to talk yeah, about yeah, it as you, well. Yeah, you, yeah, you go. You go. Uh, I knew it was your favorite song. Yeah, like, what this, this like, pinging, like, sonar kind of sound that yeah. continues throughout, I think it's, it's really cool, and then 
just like the minimal guitar that's driven by this really weird drum beat and then the drums kind of switch to a more straight feel as the verse continues and it just like drives and drives the song and then there's just such cool lyrics in this song too like the the part about keeping the fingertips on the or fingerprints on the pink folder on his coffee table or something like that yeah just such a cool song it's 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 just power. Yeah, there's a lot of imagery with that line for sure. To me, I think it's it seems to be about how uh, he's just like he seems to like revere a girl and is just trying to like impress her in any way he can, right? Like that's kind of what I get. And she's it. either leading him on or just not into it at all, and he's just obsessing over her. Yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, that's what I got. Another cool lyric is, uh, "Yeah, I've been dragging around from the end of your coat for two weeks." Uh, everything you say has water under it like all this he's just so descriptive with his lyrics and like it kind of makes you feel like you're at least when I listen to National I always just like go into this place of imagery of what he's describing and like that's how I listen to the music and it's it's not a lot of bands do that for me anyways I really like the strings in this song too. They're yeah. they're pretty minimal, and they they just add that little extra oomph to it. Too, like, I mean, yeah, there's a few things on this album that are just consistently really well done, like the orchestration and an arrangement, and it just really shows uh, the experience and knowledge that this band has. You know, like orchestration is an art in and of itself, but being able to do that in a rock constant context rather and really make it work is really impressive like sometimes there will be an instrument like a like there will be a piano that's just doing like the smallest thing yeah 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 right there's so many times where i'm listening and i'm like wait what i didn't even hear that there's like a violin faintly in the background of this for the whole song sort of thing yeah there's there's definitely no ego in this band or if there is it's like mapped through his lyrics but uh and and I don't think he has a very big ego. I think he's pretty self conscious by by a lot of his lyrics. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say something and I forgot what I was gonna say, so we could probably move on. I just wanted to, uh, Miles. You mentioned I know you've seen them live, and you were just uh, talking about their live performance. So I wanted to bring it back to that for a second. Um, what is their live performance like? Do they have like a full string section, or I guess they have the two guys who play horns that you mentioned, but like, do they have? Like, is there a string section or like what? I have seen like violin players come along with them. When I saw them, it was, it was not. They had just the there was the the five, and then there was the uh, two guys that played uh, horns, and then they had a, a another guy that was kind of flexing around. I'm doing like other percussion things. <laughs> he wasn't just flexing. Definitely imagine yeah. just this guy in a muscle shirt yeah. fucking flexing. <laughs> hard. Oh, like... I think they had a backup female singer too. <laughs> nice. um, because they do have an, an album where there's female I mean, singers throughout the whole album. I, I, I don't know. I could be getting confused here, but I, uh, I swear I've maybe I heard some backup female vocals maybe on this album, but. I think there's uh, one of the guys, one of the Destners, I think, can chip in with some pretty high vocals from time to time in the background. And I know that the trumpet player also has a really high falsetto, but I don't know. Like, I don't know if he was actually recording on this album. Okay. Okay. All right, Squalor Victoria, <laughs> move on. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is my least favorite song. Look at that down arrow on Squalor Victoria. Yeah. We're we're in locked up here. Yeah, it's definitely also my least favorite song. <laughs> 
Is this way? I think this is the first time in podcast history we've all had the same least favorite song. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's not even it's not even that. Terrible. No, like it's not a skip or anything. Sorry, Trevor, you're gonna. Say yeah, no, I was just gonna say that this song is sort of the reason that I didn't get into the national at first. Not that I listened to this song, but just that I find it a bit boring. And mm. like, obviously, that's being harsh. Obviously, it's still it's beautiful, but. It doesn't do a lot for me personally. To me, this is, it's like, it's going for this like really epic sound. It's its almost film-like music at the start and there's like the strings again. Uh, the drums are being weird again, but I, I don't really like them that much this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't, I have no idea what he's talking about in the I whole song. I have no idea what the lyrics are. Yeah, the lyrics are kind of mumbled in this song too. And normally he's really articulate, but it makes it a bit harder to grasp what he's singing about. And and you know? and this is one exception where, as you were saying, you were saying before that he doesn't really cram words in. Yeah. In, in this song, he does a bit. It's like three thirty in the morning. Yeah, I, I really don't like that part. That's that's definitely my least favorite part of any song in this album. And then the song just kind of ends like it was supposed to be really meaningful and it just isn't to me at all. It ends on, this isn't working, you my middle brow fuck up. Which is like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but it's so, it's a jarring ending. It's a weird ending. But I, I actually like the drums in this. I mean, I think without the drums, well, no, like they, they, they still need to be there to propel the song, but um, in, in the first three songs, he's also had that role and like really filled it well as, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah, this one didn't do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I wasn't sure if either of you guys would, because it, it is a pretty ambitious song. I was, I was wondering if maybe it would land for one of you guys, but I guess not. I, was I, just I bet so... it's been used in like a TV show or something. I was though. so mad. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like... And that's, I remember this coming up in the Pinback episode too, where like when you bring a band like that and then these songs are, these kind of songs are on the album where it's just like, whatever they're going for, it they miss. And, and then it's just, it's just kind of boring. I'm with you there. All right. Miles, take it away. What's next? On the Green Gloves. Uh, I I really like this song. The lyrics are very. I, I'm not really sure what he's talking about. If I had to guess, it would be like talking about falling out of touch with friends and just trying to see things through their lens to try and identify what what who they've become and what they're like, sort of. But I I, I honestly I'm not too sure. Uh, do you have any thoughts on what this song is about, Trev? Uh, I have no idea what the song's about. I do really like this song. I think it's... I don't think it's my favorite, but it's up there. Like, maybe second favorite. Um, I really like the vocals and the... the build with them at the start, mm-hmm. I think, is really cool. Um, and it's like a soft, soft, really soft. Yeah. Softly delivered, which is really nice. Totally. There's... Again, like, this is, like, throughout the album, but... There's sort of, like... They do a really good job of doing like 360 degrees of like stereo image, like like feel, feeling like the yeah, whole like room is you filled. can like yeah, like almost like I don't know, like now 3D audio is the whole thing, and like I don't know, it's really yeah. I the song I made a note of that I really thought the placement of the different uh, musical elements was really good, and like things not just being like left or right, but like behind you or like. Um, a real sense of like depth 
mm-hmm. and uh, in the second verse, and I mean it's the same riff in the first verse, but I I wrote down this riff makes me want to cry. And <laughs> the, it does yeah. have this, like the two the, the two guitar parts are so complimentary and so yeah. like really beautiful. I'm I'm with, with you there. I mean, you can yeah. tell they're twin brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's cool. I also like. It doesn't come in till the very last chorus, but there's like this 16th note hi-hat and like the way it's like a really simple thing. It's just 16th hi-hats, but the accents on them, there's not a single snare hit in this song and the hi-hats almost act like uh, like a snare because he does the accents on the two and the four or like the snare normally would be. And like, I think it was a really, uh, yeah, it was really effective. Like, I think there was a, like there's definitely an artistic choice not to have a snare, which is like, you know, a staple in most. <laughs> well, the guys already played enough snare notes for like three albums on the yeah, first three yeah. songs, how so it, they probably just, they, I bet they took it away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, you gotta do oh, something else here. Killing the soft toms in the back. Yeah, he, he is. I, I do really like, I have written down that like finally we have a song that's not drum driven and I think songs like this are what the national do best like the the harmony in the chorus is really really beautiful too yeah the deep voice at the very end yeah. when it comes in and I think they have like one of those sort of pin backy where there's like two vocal lines with different oh, things oh actually there's a female voice I think in this song oh, okay yeah yeah but yeah I really like this song I think that's uh I like the tambourine and the hi-hat work in this like I don't comment on those percussion instruments much but uh I don't know, actually, for some reason, these three um, three albums we have coming up, I was like, I was fucking tuned in. We got we got a couple crazy snare drummers on this album yeah. and the next album coming up, yeah. But uh, I don't know if uh, you guys, if you got anything more to add, feel free to take it away. I just, like, I don't know, I, I just kind of want to not even talk about the song and just listen to it just because it's so beautiful. Like, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Definitely one of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely up there. Uh, did you have any insight as to what the song's about or... Lyrically, no, I didn't. Um, a, a lot of his stuff is going over my head just because it's so personal yeah, that, yeah. like, yeah, no, presumably I, uh, personal. Sorry, <laughs> presumably personal. Yeah, <laughs> if well, if not, then just crazy talented. Uh, yeah, no, I I didn't have any lyrical takeaways from this one, but um, I do like the lyrics. If that even makes sense, <laughs> they're interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, so should we go on to the next song, which is Slow Show? This was a single, the second single? I don't have this as a single, actually. Oh. I have the singles being uh, the first one, Mistaken for Strangers, then Apartment Story, and then uh, Fake Empires, what I saw. Mm, okay, I had different... <laughs> Anyways, beside the point... <laughs> uh, this is just like a super cute nice love song uh even though it does say can i get a minute of not being nervous and not thinking of my dick yeah that is a funny line <laughs> which is pretty funny wow i i definitely missed that line but that is yeah it's it's in the second verse he does say that and it's it's just funny because like he's it's like this again like like kind of pretty beautiful song and then he just says that he's needs to stop thinking of his dick yeah. <laughs> and like not not like he says dick too, right? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no metaphor there no yeah. yeah uh yeah just while i've got the mic i guess uh it's just like the straightforward open chord song but the right ear throughout the entire song has like some textural ambient stuff going on and it's like it's kind of easy to miss because you can just hear it 
that just basic I, strumming I, I on the guitar. It. But <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, there's always something going on in the right ear. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of this part of the album. Like, it's right the chorus about, like, I want to hurry home to you and put on a slow. It's like... He seems to be a very, like, introverted, like, I, I don't think he likes social situations very much. And, like, yeah. throughout this album, there's frequent references to how he's, like, getting dressed up and he doesn't want to and he just, like, wants to be at home. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think this song sums that up pretty well. And, like, who who's not being in the situation where you want to hurry home and put on a slow show, right? Like, that's pretty relatable, at least to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I feel that 100%. Yeah. Sometimes I come home and put on a slow show, even though I really want to go to bed, but I just, like, kind of want to put something on TV just to, like, not, you know, (laughs) to distract myself. Uh, Last thing for me is that I don't really like the outro. I think song is, like, building really beautifully, and then it just kind of goes into... It it lasts a bit too long. Well, and it goes to this, like, uh, 29 years part, which is, like, I like the line. I was, like, I've thought about you for 29 years before I met you, more or less paraphrased. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is actually a snippet from an older song of theirs I saw in, in on their oh, first right. album. Yeah. Um, it just seems kind of forced in there to me. I don't think it fits with the rest of the song as far as lyrically it does, but um, musically it's just kind of an abrupt change and then it ends and I don't really like it. I, I didn't have a problem with it. I, I kind of like it, but I think that it could have ended. A, it's like a minute and a half or something like that. Uh, and I think they could have cut it down a little bit because it does just repeat over and over again, but I, I don't mind the ending. Yeah, I think this song, it does build really nicely and it builds on these eight bar cycles, which I thought was really cool. And I mean, I don't think that's an uncommon thing to do, but it was like pretty consistent. Like every eight bar, something new would come in or there would be uh, like a change in part. And I like, I mean, there's actually, there's quite a bit of soundscapey stuff i don't know if it's synthesizers um but throughout this album and this is like colin was mentioning i noted that on this uh, song as well i do think the uh sort of like rolling drum beat you get with the toms at the at the end in the outro i do really like it i think again it's like the accents on the drums were placed really well and it gives it it's a really simple drum pattern but just like the accents are in just the right place (laughs) to give it that forward momentum and that like rolling feel and no snare you happy yeah and you do yeah, hear good. they took it away again yeah <laughs> you do hear uh, hasn't got it yeah, back it's, yet. it's <laughs> they're like all right you're done <laughs> you do hear it's like right before uh this was just like a small thing i noticed that i thought was kind of interesting that they chose to leave in there's like a four click drumstick count before he comes in for like the last oh, lyric yeah. thing um I don't know, it's always, to me, it's always a bit, like, they obviously could have cut that out. Yeah, yeah. But they, like, chose to leave it in, so I think that's, yeah. Also, the outro is a pretty standard 6-1-5-4 kind of progression. This is a side note, if anybody cares. (laughs) (laughs) I have a similar observation uh, for next week's episode, which will probably also not provide much value add, but I'm going to throw it in there anyway. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, when I write these things down, I'm like, it'll just say, and I'm like, okay, like, I guess I'll just state that. (laughs) Yeah, 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 I know that you got the notepad, like, I didn't say that yet. Is it relevant? Yeah. 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 No, but, like, I, th- I think that does speak to that, like, um, maybe that speaks to why I don't like the outro too much, because it's, like... Um, it's a bit progr- generic. Yeah, it, yeah. D- it is a bit generic. That's exactly. 
Uh, okay, yeah, on to the next song. Uh, Apartment Story. Yeah, I like this song too. It, it's definitely another New Order vibey one. This is single two, and like this is this is easy, well, obvious single, single two, according for me. To you. Yeah, true. Maybe yeah. it's not. It uh, it should be because I I think this is like such a just easy listen. Uh, it seems to be the sequel to Slow Show because now they're just like hanging out in the apartment. Yeah. Um, I think the riff, like I, I, the National, is not a band I think of when like what a killer guitar tone. But I love the guitar tone of this riff, and I love the the riff itself. Uh, that's all I have written down, even though I really like the song. It's just like a good song. And I'm forgetting what. <laughs> yeah. No, it, like, yeah, as you're alluding to in the previous song, it's just like Matt and a girl presumably, presumably just staying inside in an apartment and just like hanging out there. But, uh, I, I really do like I, re- I really like when the song picks up at like 228 I think it is and starts to close it out that's oh, is that where like cool. it, it's kind of like the, the guitar drums. doubles a little bit and yeah, yeah it drops the gums on the hi-hat and yeah but again that's what they've been doing this whole album is just building yeah yeah it's definitely their style I really like this song I agree with the guitar tone and I think yeah. it's interesting for me to think about how this song would be very like this song could be mixed quite differently and it would be a very different song like if those guitars were brought up quite it a could bit, be like power pop yeah <laughs> so i mean i think that's kind of an it would be it'd be fun to get the stems for this song and like make it is this one of the songs you listened to last night when you got home uh i don't think so <laughs> okay. actually okay. <laughs> but uh yeah the vocal mixing on the chorus is fucking phenomenal. I just think the textures of the voice and stuff are really well done. And at the end of the first chorus, there's like this really short drum cut that just like, I think with these, like, I will say in some ways I feel like he does it well, but his drum style is a bit of like, he kind of, sometimes I feel like he does the same thing on a lot of the songs, you know, it's like that same kind of rolling drum beat. And I think something I don't even think it's effective. I think it does work. But every now and then I'm kind of like... Well, it's uh, I've, I've brought this up a couple times now where uh, Tom Morello was the first example and it's just like, sometimes they're just too much their own thing and it's it's yeah. distracting at times. Yeah, but, but I think the organ that... blends in really nicely with this song too and it's not... Again, it's like the way... With the sort of like distorted guitars lower... I don't know, it's not common you hear distorted guitars in organ, I don't think. I mean, I could be wrong, but like... It's kind of very two very different instruments, and somehow they just work. Really that's well. and, and that's a really I really like your point about how this song could have been treated so differently. I didn't think of that because you're right. Like this could be so drivey if they wanted it. Yeah, like the guitars are pretty low. Like the yeah. distorted yeah, guitars yeah. are pretty low in the mix, and it's like because I mean there is a lot. They have all this crazy orchestration that is like the national sound. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to think about. I don't know if we ever like you. You like a mouse. Yeah, and I think I disagree with you guys so much on the drums. <laughs> like, I think the drums are perfect. Like he never does anything too crazy. He keeps it interesting. I think maybe is it is it maybe just because like we're 
looking into critiquing the bands why it's bothering you I like don't know, if well, you, if you think, if for the record i've been pretty complimentary i just yeah, i just yeah. have noted that he really likes playing the snare offbeat and okay, is well. seemingly reluctant to play straightforward drums yeah i just wonder if that would actually bother anybody who is going to listen to the album for the first time no. they'd be like oh this is uh no, no, no i don't, I don't think, think so. so it's just like a little irritant of i wouldn't even say i'm like you're i know it's just something that it's like when you're listening to it like it's just an observation I like the thing is I agree with you. I I do think, as I said, like I do think they're effective. I think he does a good job. But I think actually, like what Colin said, I think maybe for me it is a bit. I do like just distracting is the wrong word. Sorry, Kayov. Distracting is the wrong word for me. But like you listen to this album, so we're we're at song what seven or so right now. Like. I just the the national and and everyone I said earlier like there's no ego in this band and I, I I'm not saying the drummer is an ego or anything like that but I am saying like when the whole purpose of so many of these songs is to build this huge sonic landscape I just find that his style can sometimes like I'm interested in what the drums specifically are doing and maybe that's just me being a bad listener and it, it takes away from the whole sonic thing because I'm just like oh wait now he's like not now he's hitting the snare this many times and like. Yeah, so maybe that's just me as a listener being intrigued by his drumming. And I do say the drums sound phenomenal on this album. <laughs> they do, they, for the most part. They sound they do, really yeah. good. Um, and yeah, I mean, I did comment on, I do like the, the, I think it's the second time the chorus comes in on this song. There's actually a tom he adds in. It's like a really low tom. And it's like, I didn't notice it the first few times. Yeah, and it continues into the sort of like last bridge. Yeah. And uh, I think, like, I've, I don't know, there is, like, I, I'm quite complimentary to his drums. I just also, I do think uh, he does a lot of the same kind of drum beat. And yeah, there is you, a juxtaposition. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys just hate on that. <laughs> no, there is a juxtaposition, um, for better or for worse, between his style of drumming and the rest of the songs. Like, yeah. the rest of the which, layout of the Which, music. like, and I've been kind of with you the whole time, but that is kind of, like, at the basis of the national sound, too. Yeah, yeah. totally. To start a war, uh, I, I really like this song. I think it's stunning, beautiful, cry-worthy again. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many songs where it's, on all their albums, where it's just like, oh, damn this hits um but i think some of this this has super interesting lyrics too like do do you really think you can just put it in a safe behind a painting lock it up and leave kind of alluding to somebody who's just like not talking about the problem like in a relationship not talking about the problems just burying it and yeah this one's not too cryptic i don't think he's kind of just burying or bearing bearing it all here and another lyric i really liked where you were always weird but i never had to hold you by the edges like i do now. yeah that one got me like that is it's it's and it's late a little bit later in the song too so it's kind of it's kind of like how this relationship is progressively getting worse and she's bottling things up inside and it's it's getting out of hand to the point where he has to it's getting harder to pin her down by the edges sort of thing. Yeah. But anyways, what did you guys think about this? Uh, I'll take it away first if, uh, that's, a, <laughs> if that's okay. <laughs> um, I, whenever I listen to this song, I can't remember what it was in a previous podcast, but I had a similar feeling where like when I first put it on, I'm always kind of like meh, like I don't like the very start of it. But then I listen to it a bit more and I do really like the song. 
And an interesting thing that he does in this song to get back to the drums is uh, <laughs> the, the song is kind of building, it's talking about how these things build up in a relationship and become... What a pull here. What an interesting <laughs> takeaway. Keep No, keep going. I love this. <laughs> become like, you know, they become problems, right? Like, and then like you're trying to hide them or whatever. And like in the song, I think it's, in the pre-chorus he like starts the toms like super quietly and then there's like by the end of the songs like the toms are a lot louder and like the song just like by the time you get to the end of the song it's like quite grandiose like it's like a big gesture and i don't know i'm always curious like i don't know if these are conscious decisions that people make like when they write songs or, just, or they fluke out on it yeah or it just works and, like the yeah. same sort of you know, like the lyrical content and the musical, there's like a, there's a relationship there that I thought is, was really cool when I started thinking about it. But I mean, it's sort of like, if you look for enough patterns, you know, you're going to find Yeah, that. I wouldn't be surprised if that is an active decision though. Like they're putting a lot of thought into all these instrumental yeah. decisions. Uh, yeah, I just have written down, yeah, <laughs> you know, the orchestraic decisions. I've written down that this song is just really sad, although, um, the build-up in the outro is kind of, like, hopeful-sounding, and I guess it almost kind of fits the lyrics because uh, he's saying, like, I'll get over it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we had a similar lyrical thing in uh, one of the Always songs where it's, it's yeah, it's, like, these really sad lyrics, but then um, kind of turns a corner and, like, I'll, I'll get over you, and the, there's just kind of this rising non-sad instrumentation behind it i think it's a good song it's uh, like obviously it's an album song but i yeah i don't think like this would be cool to see live in like a theater or something but i doubt they're playing it at festivals oh, or anything like that not. i'll <laughs> say one last thing is that there's a really cool trade-off between the symbols and what sounds like a snare at the very end in, in uh in this song too, where it's like one's on the like one's on one side of the headphones and the other's on the other, and it's like a tss, 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 and like I don't know, it was a cool thing. Yeah, you guys been paying attention yeah, to the drums this album. The drums, <laughs> man, I can't let it, can't let them go. All right, let's uh, go on to uh, the next song, "Racing Like a Pro." I, I think, think I the next think you're song wrong. is "Guest Room." Oh, the next song is "Guest Room." <laughs> <laughs> Unless we got some weird Japanese version again, like we did with Sonic Youth. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? Yeah, but I, I, I believe uh, Guest Room is the next song. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I'll just, I, I'll, I'm talking, I'll keep talking. This is not my favorite song. Uh, it kind of reminds me of a worse version of Brainy, where it's like minimal guitar and this drum-driven song, and in my opinion, it's just kind of worse than Brainy. Um... Yeah. I do really like the part at the uh, end of this song, though. I think that's really, really good. Nailed it. And uh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm just flying in these more recent episodes with my vocal delivery. Um, I also think it's cool near the end of the song, he's, he, uh, he kind of brings back the here in the guest room lyrical theme, but uh, like instead of being the chorus, it's in the outro, and he's, it's, 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 just like a powerful effect to bring back a chorus line later in the song in a non-chorus if only i knew what any of the lyrics meant yeah this is another one i wasn't getting much out of as far as as what it was about either i I had no yeah i had no idea what it was about 
but I agree. It's kind of like just a worse version of Brainy. Uh, I still think it's kind of cool instrumentally. I do want to point out that he drops Ruffy in in this yeah, song and the, the next, next song, song. Yeah. and and in his solo stuff he says ruffian too like i've heard man say ruffian so many times it's such an obscure word it's, it's, he's the only i i didn't i had to look it up first so i guessed what it was maybe that's what he looked up in brainy when he yeah. uh, <laughs> he looked up something that. to impress his girl he just ruffian and then he just throws it in every song after yeah. that <laughs> you'll never believe me what i found um yeah i i think this song's all right it's a good example of how, like, the whole is greater than the sum yeah, of its yeah. parts. I mean, I feel like that's this album or the national in general. And I saw in an interview that they actually said a similar thing is that they really feel like, um, as a whole, it's much greater, like, they are or, like, their songs are than, like, each of the individual parts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the ending of this song is another great uh, example. And there's lots of weird stuff, like, weird little sound effects and soundscapey things throughout, too. Yeah, that's a, that is a good saying to sum up the band because totally. it, it kind of goes in with what I was saying earlier where like there's there's not much ego in the band it's just everyone filling their role to make a song better and the songs are better because of it and just like a couple sets of brothers all making the music you gotta think they're on the same page yeah yeah that probably does help the band chemistry too yeah, yeah. Uh, right on to racing like a pro this time is actually racing <laughs> like a pro uh i think the guitar is super cool in this and it seems like it would be tiring to play <laughs> <laughs> uh but it's just another beautiful song uh it's it's not nothing to go home and talk about but it it's all right for me what do you do you guys have another opinion you I think it's a pretty one. ambitious song, if I remember correctly. It really, there's quite a few like changes, and it really goes, uh, it goes places, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, this is actually they do have upright bass in this song, um, which again, it's like goes to like their orchestration stuff. It's not common in sort of like, I mean, I don't know if everyone would. I say like they're probably like alt rock or something. Um, but yeah, there's, I, like, I swear there's a flute and some woodwinds going on too, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and like, I think the horns in the last bridge where it's like the dumbstruck baby, I don't know if that's actually the bridge or like whatever you want to call it, but, uh, yeah, they, the orchestration in this song like slowly evolves for each of the sections. And by the time it gets to that last time he goes through the dumbstruck baby part, um, I really like the way the horns are sounding and like the final swells you get in the outro. Um, yeah, there's like in the final bit, there's like a piano arpeggio kind of like, I don't know if it's quite mirroring the finger picking guitar, but it's definitely playing off of it. And it's just like a, yeah, like I, like I just like got distracted there because the part with the horns coming in <laughs> would just happen. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Uh, yeah it's a really beautiful song it doesn't i kind of get what miles is saying in the sense that like it doesn't do a whole lot for me other than like appreciating it for like it's like beauty yeah yeah exactly it's not like it's i'm guessing this would be the probably the song with the fewest listens on the album would be my guess because of its placement in the album mostly but also because it's it's like 
it, to me it's a deep cut but uh i i i think the guitar the, the finger picking it, it has this really like percussive sound to it like they really wanted to get the action of the guitarist playing the guitar itself in the song it doesn't sound it sounds different than finger picking on ever i'm wondering if it's actually albums. just some added percussion noise but it like it sounds like it's nails on a guitar but it also sounds very like different it's it's kind of odd uh Hopefully you'd highlight this in post-production and <laughs> show what I mean, because I think it's really interesting. It would yeah. be interesting to, to hear it, like, to get a sneak peek into, like, how, if they recorded that finger-picking differently than the finger-picking on other songs. But sorry, continue on. Yeah, well, also, you had mentioned how the piano uh, mirrors the horns. I, I really like how the piano is loosely mirroring the vocal melody in the chorus, where yeah. it's it's... It's not always on the exact same beat as Matt is singing. Yeah, exactly. I think that's really, really cool. Uh, I like the song. Um, don't love it, but I, I think it's cool. I was talking about the piano and the uh, guitar. Right, right. Yeah, sorry, it was the guitar. Um, I, I, I do really like the melody of uh, Your Heart is Racing Like a Pro, which I'm not going to try to totally. recreate because that I, I don't have the, I don't have the Matt is low your voice. Heart, is it my, your mind? Oh, I think it is Your Heart, actually. Uh... I like the melody. I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I also, I also, for the longest time, thought he said like a pronoun, That's and thought I it was like too. really strange lyric, but he just says pro now. Okay, which, yeah. yeah. That's, what I, That's what I did too. This, it's a fair, this it's a fair misconception. Kind of yeah. Is it though? Because the song is called "Racing yeah. Like a Pro." That's true. Like it's just, it was just me being dumb. All right, Ada. Let's... But I mean, yeah, we should move on. But I mean, that, I, I think that kind of speaks to Matt's lyrics where like that is a potential lyric. Totally. Your heart is racing like a pro. Like, oh, what does it mean? But no. Yeah. I mean, it starts makes me thinking like, what would that mean? Racing like a pronoun, you know? I'm not very I think it probably depends on the pronoun and pronouns are like pretty uh, debatable. Let's yeah, just move especially on. especially nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next song, Ada. Uh, I think these lyrics are so super uh, interesting, but again, I don't, I don't really like, understand what they're about. How does the line stand in an empty tuxedo with grapes in my mouth, waiting for Ada, not just jump out at you? <laughs> yeah, if you yeah, want to know like so, what's going on, it's so visual. Or there's another one about like Ada standing in a lake. And she's like, it's like collapsing in on her or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the lake will shatter around her yeah. and stuff. It's super, super interesting lyrics. I have no idea what they mean, but very, like, Matt just always delivers imagery, and his deep, soothing voice just does such a good. Well, it is. It's like you know, it's a I mean, deep, soothing wrong, voice, yeah. and it's behind this <laughs> orchestraic <laughs> sound. Uh, where it just like it feels just like you're immersed in this story and even if I have no idea what he's talking about I, he gives enough description and imagery for me to kind of paint a picture in my head and like put myself in the song and go with it and I, I, I really really like this song uh, the awesome violin part or breakdown a little bit at, at 2 minutes yeah. 29 seconds and the final build up to close the song out is awesome uh, what do you guys? What are your guys' thoughts on it? Well, I've written. I really like the song too. This is probably my second favorite song yeah. behind Brainy. Um, I when like I love riffs like this, these droning kind of guitar riffs, and um, I've always found that when when you are 
composing with a, a riff like this, it can be difficult to get out of this droning, like to go into a chorus. Like, how do you not just keep this pattern going of this note droning in the guitar? And it's it's really, really followed up well in this song where in the chorus, it still has this droning effect, but it just feels like a natural conclusion to the riff. Yeah. Well, um, the piano really changes in the chorus, which is, I think, what kind of launches it. Because, like, the piano's kind of doing these little frilly things in the verse, and then when it goes into the chorus, he goes into, like almost like full chords like the low end of the piano and i believe it's recorded in stereo so you get like uh like usually you when you mic a piano you like mic uh you mic the low end and the high end of the piano and like with two different stereo microphones so you have like the higher frills going in the right earphone or whatever you're listening to on and then when he launches into the chorus where it becomes more full-bodied piano then it like takes up more of the stereo image too so I think that's sort of like part of how it breaks it. Okay, that makes sense. Like, the um, the piano, by the way, is played by Sufjan Stevens on this song, apparently, insane, yeah. which I thought was interesting. Yeah, he was uh, on Racing Like a Pro, too. I saw that. I don't know who that is. He's like uh, one of the more, more popular folky singer-songwriters of today, I would uh, say. This stuff I'm not too that familiar I did. With Apparently them, they're friends. Uh, yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah. Um, the, the reason that jumped out to me is because um, I think the piano in the background of the, the opening riff is, like, it could have been played straight, but instead it's really, like, each finger is kind of rolled on one at a time, and it sa- it just makes it sound so much bigger. It's, it's yeah, this is an awesome song. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some cool, I mean, other than the piano stuff, I don't have too much more to say, but there is some cool shaker and hi-hat, uh, stuff going on at the end, and, um, again, like, great horns, and, uh, the build-up of the sort of pre-chorus to the last big chorus is really nice. Yeah, there are a lot of really good build-ups on this album. Yeah, I mean, every song is like a build-up in and of itself. All right, move on to the last song of the album uh, called Gospel. Uh, it's a decent closer. Some of it I don't really like, but like I don't really like the hang the holiday lights to me. So it seems like that's half the song, too. I swear yeah. he goes back to it like a lot. I, I, but then I like when he gets into the, the chorus part. We could play Diablo. Yeah, like that. I like oh, the, I like the melody. It <laughs> yeah, um, I like the melody for that, but uh, it's it's kind of okay. It's a it's a decent closing song. Well, once again, like we've t- we've actually this has come up a couple times now with with um, Sloan twice removed in particular, where it ends on this like really stripped back duet song. I think uh, this is going for a similar kind of thing, where yeah. it's like the cool down and let's just like really bring you down and slowly get you out of this album seems to be a common uh i never noticed it until we started doing this podcast but it seems like very common on albums to have the last one last song be kind of a mellower yeah and and and, well and and i also uh like miles i i I think I like the song less than you because I, I'm not too into the G-A-Blood okay. part I either. I actually uh, quite like this song. This is one of my favorites. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll let you talk then. The uh, I just want to say I think hanging your holiday rainbow lights in the garden is like as white middle class of a line as you could possibly imagine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I found for whatever reason the uh, beginning of this song really caught my ear it sounds very ordinary 
But when I actually broke down what he was doing on the piano, he's he's doing like incomplete chords. It's like kind of an A minor or C major, but then the song finally ends on like an F major chord. I don't think it's a complete diminished chord, but it kind of implies a diminished seven chord. And uh, there's a cool oh, like the climbing like line cliche kind of thing that did yeah, right at the end. Yeah, I think there's quite a few cool harmonic choices and uh, and the song in the pre-chorus bit where he's like let me come over um i thought that it's like a really moody dark um and like i think the music in this song is like quite emotive it's almost like cinematic like some of the other songs too like um i think like also you guys compared their music to like cinema related a lot too in one of their future albums they actually do uh, team up with like a uh, some sort of movie maker guy and there Hans is, Zimmer? I don't know. <laughs> I, I doubt it's Hans Zimmer. <laughs> but they but he makes like a full movie behind their music later oh, on. Really? So it does make sense that you guys find that it is kind no, of No, it's uh, pretty interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Not for I this think album, uh, for me it's pro- it's mostly the strings I think because yeah, just and the orchestral aspect yeah. of it. Like All right, some closing remarks. Um I really like this album. Uh, I think it's, I guess, I mean, most albums probably fall into this category, but I think it's very mood dependent. Like you, uh, and and we've we've talked in the past about bedroom albums. I think this is very much a bedroom album, and and uh, there's a time and place where like this is all I want to listen to, and and there are other times where it's like I yeah I can do without that. But I mean, even even when not in the mood, I think you can still really appreciate the instrumentation throughout the whole album and just like the the moods that it sets. Uh, I don't know what Matt's talking about most of the time, but I think it sounds really cool, and I love his lyrical style. Yeah, I'll say that I uh, I think it's really well orchestrated and arranged. I, I agree a hundred percent. It's totally mood dependent, and most. I'd say I have to spend more time with his lyrics personally, having just been introduced to this album for this podcast. They kind of went over my head or I didn't grab too much from them. But uh, he obviously, like, they're not nothing. They're obviously... They're not Kim Gordon. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I I enjoyed the album. Uh, It's definitely something that I will listen to again. And I think anybody that wants a cool, uh, a great experience should, like, listen to it with headphones on and, like, really just immerse themselves in the soundscape that is this album. Yeah, and I'll, uh, I'll close it out by saying... When I first went to pick a national album, because I, I am a huge fan, so I, I had a really hard time because I did, I thought it would be easy at first, but then I realized that so many of, the, of their albums have so many good songs that, that it was really hard to, to pick which one, but I thought that this one, if someone w- were to hear the national for the first time, I would want them to probably to listen to this album first. Um, if you were going to attempt to get into them. But yeah, this is uh, one of my favorite bands, one of my favorite albums, so I thought I'd uh, give you guys that little tasty treat. All right. Thanks. Anyways, until next week, uh, signing off, what do we got? Anyways, until next (laughs) week, uh, signing off, what do we got? Uh, Yeah, so next week's my pick, uh, and we are going to be listening to Winter Sleep, Welcome to the Night Sky. I uh, unintentionally picked two Halifax bands back to back. 
two Halifax bands back to back. Stay tuned for the next episode of the second listen. The second listen.